Welcome to the Celebration Church Podcast. We believe God wants to speak into your life through this message. If you're interested in knowing more about Celebration Church, you can visit our website at celebrationedmonton.com and find us on Instagram and Facebook at Celebration EDM. Thanks for joining us. We hope you enjoy this message. My name's Joel. I'm one of the pastors here. We're so glad you're here this morning. We're continuing our series called The Great Arrival, our Advent series, The Great Arrival. And Advent is a, such a fun time of year for Christians. It means waiting with expectation. It means arrival. And Christmas is the celebration of the great arrival of Christ. And we will continue to explore the topics of Advent over the next couple weeks. We've already gone through hope. We've already gone through peace. Today we're on joy. And next week we'll be on love. These are our deepest gifts, and Advent is a way to contemplate how to share these gifts. And the gift of joy runs throughout the Bible. In fact, in the NIV version of the Bible, the word joy is used 247 times. 247 times. Joy is something that is needed and deeply desired by everyone, but people can steal our joy, can't they? All it takes is one bad driver on the hen day, right? All it takes is one long Tim Hortons lineup, and people can steal your joy. Oh, so frustrating. Yet we have such a deep desire for joy that sometimes we do things that we probably shouldn't in order to experience joy. Whether it's dating a person that might not be good for us or might not have the same values as us or spending money we don't have on things we don't need because in the moment it brought us joy. Maybe we quit good jobs because somebody made us angry and we feel like it's stealing our joy. We just want joy so badly. We all have this deep-rooted need for joy. And you don't realize how much you rely on something for joy until something goes wrong with it. Uh, my brothers and I, growing up, we had these like cheap Hondas that we loved driving. We would get our license. Our next step was buy some broken down Honda that was rusty and we'd fix it up. We'd put some lights on it, some loud exhaust. We'd put an air intake and the thing would still be super slow. It's meant to be good on gas. And we, we loved tinkering with these Hondas. And we wouldn't realize how much joy these cars would bring into our lives until something went wrong with these Hondas. Then we would spend the whole weekend fixing, tearing apart, painting stuff, fixing, getting it all back together. Why? Because we wanted our baby back. That thing would bring us joy. I don't know if you have something like that, but growing up, we love those Hondas. Maybe for you, it's the weather. The weather brings you so much joy until something goes wrong. You know, some people this week were like, snow on Monday, you like almost die. Um, maybe it's a relationship. You don't realize how much joy you're getting from that thing until something goes wrong, or, or maybe a bank account, or or whatever else. We rely on all sorts of things for joy. And Western culture has taught us uh, that you need to, we have this certain way of being happy. You sort of have to figure out your dream and then you go and make your dream come alive and that's what's gonna make you happy. Certainly in our culture, that would sort of be a lot of underlying tone of, of happiness. It's, uh, I mean, in the States, they call it the American dream. I don't even know what the Canadian dream is anymore. Um, some people think it's just to get a certain person out of office. I don't know. Um, <laughs> but I remember in high school, the, uh, there was sort of this idea of the Albertan dream. It was around the time when the oil boom started happening. I remember a lot of kids I went to high school with, it was like, what's your dream, what's next? It's like, 
get through high school, go get an oil job, get a lifted truck, and get a dirt bike. Like, that was the Alberta dream. <laughs> and what happens as time goes on is often you'll see people chasing one desire or one dream after a next. And what, ha what makes you happy changes as time goes on. And sooner or later, if we're lucky, we realize that the dream doesn't work, either through failure or success. Either you succeed so much and you keep getting what you want, keep getting what you want, you get what you want, and you realize you're still not fully happy, you still don't have a joy that'll sustain you, or you fail so much that you just think this is, this is just not it. And often what happens when we come to this place of feeling like you know, nothing's ever gonna make us happy, we keep trying this or that to make us happy, what often happens is you stop living and you just start existing. It's like, it's almost like you can't see color like you used to. And your life becomes about making a paycheck in order to make payments on things. And you're not enjoying things, you're trying to provide for people or you're trying to just you know, go through your daily routine and you're not getting a lot of joy out of it. You just feel like you're stuck doing what you have to do. But God didn't create you because he needed another person to suffer through life, not enjoying their spouse or their friends or their kids or their job, being angry and annoyed all the time, exhausted and frustrated. In fact, at Christmas time, we're reminded that Jesus brought joy. We sing that song, Joy to the World. And some of us this Christmas season are singing it like the dad on Elf. You know, when he's singing in the park and he's like, and the kid's like, Dad, you're not singing. You know, some of us are maybe even in church and it's like, joy to the world, uh, get me through this. But joy is exactly what the arrival of Jesus brought to this earth. And in Luke chapter two, the angel says to the shepherds, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all people. I bring you good news. It's gonna cause great joy for all people. Come on, say great joy for all people. Oh, you guys are paying attention this morning. Jesus coming to this earth, his death and his resurrection for our freedom is great cause for joy. Joy is exactly what the shepherds experienced that night as they were informed that the Savior had arrived. The Savior had arrived. The first advent had happened. And the angels knew that Jesus would fill people with joy. Can I just tell you, God wants to fill your life with joy. God intended your life to be full of joy. And some of us are thinking, yeah, that's good. But you don't know how awful my job is. Can I just tell you this morning? There's plenty of people who wish they had a job. Some of you are thinking, you don't know how bad my living situation is. Well, there's plenty of people who'd like just a place to live. Some of you are thinking, you don't know how annoying my husband is. Hey, there's plenty of women who take him off your hands, okay? <laughs> Believe it or not. Believe it or not. In fact, you can go to guest services after, so no, no, <laughs> don't. But in Genesis chapter one, as God's creating the earth, as he's finishing, every time he finishes something, he says, this earth is very good. 
Light is very good. Water, sky, plants, animals, it's very good. God created even humans. Very, very good. We should enjoy the earth. The problem is we can get so set on what we think is supposed to bring us joy. We have a little plan, a little way. You know, we say, I'm going to get joy from this thing or that thing. And what happens is we miss out on what God has already done for us. Because we think, I'll have joy if I get this. I'll have joy if, you know, we don't say it these, these ways, but it's like, it's something that we're living in. It's like, we're not going to experience happiness until we get this and this and this to line up. In fact, I did this very thing earlier this year. My wife and I, uh, in September of 2022, had celebrated our 10-year anniversary of our marriage. Yeah, it's exciting. It was awesome. Sure, you can clap. She put up with me for 10 years. Way to go, Jess. So proud of you. Um, but we decided we're going to go on a trip together. It's been a while since we've been away together. And we're going to go on a trip together for our 10-year anniversary. And so we saved. Man, we scratched and we saved for a year. And I remember we were just about to go on that trip. And I remember making a decision. It was like, we were saved. She was so excited. We, we planned everything out. And I remember, I just made this decision on my own. There's two things I want from this trip. I want to, ha to have nice weather. I want the weather to be beautiful. And I want us to stay on budget. That's all I care about. Everything else, we can do whatever. I'm like, I was thinking, I'm such an easygoing guy. You know, I'm just such a treat to be around. All I want is nice weather and stay on budget. Those two things. Well, you can guess what happened. We, uh, I just thought if those two things happened, it'd be great. We, we show up, we get there, and it is freezing cold. In fact, we're in California. The first night, I was like scrambling. I had to buy a sweater. I bought that sweater the first night, did not take it off for the rest of the trip. I had to, I had to wear this. I didn't come prepared. I was like, I want nice weather. I was trying to manifest it by not bringing a sweater. And uh, so I, it was cold the whole, the whole time. And guess what? Out of the gate, we did not stay on budget. <laughs> Out of the gate. Oh, my goodness. And so what happens is we were, you know, every time there was like a purchase made, it was just, I was just stressed out about it. Oh, I can't believe this. You know, through the whole week, I'm like, I can't believe I'm still wearing this stupid sweater. I'm supposed to be warm on my vacation. And had I just changed my mindset, that vacation would have gone a whole lot better. You know, everything could have went, could have went, I mean, we could have been a Pinocchio and had a better time if I would have just changed my mindset about the vacation. What I should have been doing is what Proverbs 5.18 says, may your fountain be blessed, may you rejoice in the wife of your youth. I should have been enjoying my time. I should have been celebrating 10 years together. And sometimes, and I, I just got in my head, this is what's going to happen in order to make me happy on this trip. And sometimes we can be like that with Jesus. Well, we just think, oh, I'll, I'll be happy when. I'll enjoy when. I need, but life abiding in the love of Christ is really all you need. It's everything Jesus has already done. It's just a mindset, a, a shift in your thinking to, to decide, I'm going to enjoy every day. I'm going to enjoy what Jesus has already done for me. I'm going to enjoy who's around me now. And it's not about a destination. It's about the journey that I'm on with the people that God has blessed me with today. You can change your entire life by changing your attitude. Yeah, that's good. I need a drink of water. You can clap. God is good. Thank you, Lord. You know, God knows how to fill us with joy. 
God knows how to fill us with joy. And sometimes we can think, oh, I got my own plan, my own way. But God knows. He's the one who designed you. He's the one who designed this earth. He knows the best way for you to have a great life. And in Romans 15, 13, it says, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. He doesn't just want to fill you with a get, you know, get uh, happy quick scheme, like a get rich quick scheme, but get joyful quick scheme. It's not just a quick, happy feeling. The promise of Scripture is that you'd be full of joy. Full of joy. And as you trust in Him, He will fill you with joy. And honestly, so many, so many of us spend so much time worried, stress, running through the worst case scenario in our mind. How is that helping us? Worry makes you suffer twice. Remember, whatever plans that you have in your head are not necessarily God's plans. Just like my trip. I had, a, I had a plan in my head of how things were gonna go, but it wasn't necessarily God's plan. I wonder if God was trying to show me something bigger on the trip and I missed it. You gotta trust him because he's a God who goes off script. We make a script, oh God, this is how life is gonna go. I wanna do this, that, and the other thing. Proverbs 16 says this, it's good to plan your life. We make our plan, but the Lord orders our steps. I'm not saying throw the plan out. I'm saying make the plan, then trust God with it. Let him order your steps. And what happens when we trust him? We're filled with joy. Allow him to fill you with hope, peace, and joy. And as you trust him, you come to the realization that he has a way of working things out that's often better than our way. How does he do it? By the power of his Holy Spirit. There's a spirit working on your behalf and on mine the advocate doing something that we don't even see. And sometimes we need to give our plans to God and tell him he can do things his way. I mean, he's going to do it after all. It's a whole lot more freeing to just say, God, I give you my striving. I give you my anxious thoughts. I'll let you do it your way. And you'll start to become filled with joy and peace as you trust in him. How does God fill you with joy? The verse says, by the power of the Holy Spirit. Because joy is a fruit of the Spirit. Joy is a fruit of God's Holy Spirit that dwells within you, working in your life. The fruit of the, the it's, joy is not a fruit of success. You know, joy is not a fruit of your network. You know, those, those guys on Instagram, they say your network is your net worth. Uh-huh. Joy, joy is not a fruit of your network or your net worth. Joy is not a fruit of everything going exactly how you want it to be. What's Galatians 5.22 say? But the, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, self-control, gentleness, and self-control. I said self-control twice because you really got to have self-control. All right. <laughs> it's not something that I produce. So I don't have to manufacture the joy all the time. But we're often doing that. It's not something that I have to become like this joy factory that just makes it for myself. God's spirit will stir it within me. One commentator I read this week said, joy is a deep and abiding inner rejoicing, which was promised to those who abide in Christ, who stay in Christ, who live in him. It does not depend on circumstances because it rests in God's sovereign control of all things. So I don't have to make myself happy. I can dwell on God's love, 
I can contemplate on how good he is through Jesus alone. I can thank him for another day, thank him for what he's already done. And even if all you have is breath in your lungs, that's reason enough to thank him. Even if all you have is breath in your lungs, that's the reason to thank God. You know, there's that saying, we said it a couple series ago, that a, he a healthy man wants a thousand things, a sick man only wants one. Come on, we gotta thank God for just the fact that we have breath in our lungs, that we live a great life. You don't have to manu and you won't have to manufacture your joy. You don't have to manufacture your joy. I think just sometimes we need a new source for our joy. And what we've been talking about so far is the feeling of joy, right? It's like sort of a, it's a response to how, how life goes. It's, it's a feeling that wells up. But there's another kind of joy as well. And this kind of joy is an action. The feeling of joy is something that the Holy Spirit will produce in my life as I'm connected to him. But there's an action of rejoicing that's also something that's actually a discipline for you and I to develop. Because rejoicing is a command in the Bible. Not a suggestion. It's like, if you know God, if you're a believer, rejoicing, if you believe the Bible, rejoicing is a command. So when I'm being a grump, I'm actually disobeying God's word. That when I was on my vacation, I told you about earlier, I was actually disobeying God as I was grumpy with the weather and the budget. Now, I'm not talking about, you know, grieving. You can grieve. There's times of grief is so important. I'm just talking about being an overall jerk in general. <laughs> just being annoyed by this and that, where you just got to correct your life. When the world around me sucks, my heart can still be happy. Philippians 4.4. Paul says this, the author of it, rejoice in the Lord always. I'll say it again, rejoice. Some of us need to learn that, that song that we grew up in children's church singing. I don't know if you, uh, I don't know if you sang that song. Thank you, Isaac. Uh, he, he was starting to sing it. We're going to sing it together. I don't know if you grew up in church singing this song, but we sure did. It went like this. Rejoice in the Lord always and again I say rejoice. Remember that one? And then in between each like little line, you do the claps. Did you do that? Rejoice in the Lord always and again I say rejoice. Oh, we need to do it together. I think we need to do it together. You guys seem like you're about, about there with me. So could you sing that with me and make sure you're clapping loud. Rejoice in the Lord always and again I say rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord always and again I say rejoice. Rejoice, rejoice and again I say rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord always and again I say rejoice. Oh, great singing. You guys sound amazing. Beautiful. Next weekend, we're going to have the kids on stage singing. It's going to be great. We're going to have a Christmas choir. You come early for your seats next week. There'll be some grandparents fighting you for your normal seat. I got pictures to take. Now, we might think that Paul wrote this scripture after he'd won the lottery. Right? Paul wrote this scripture after a good night of blackjack at the casino down the road. Right? Paul wrote this scripture after he married the girl of his dreams, right? Oh, now I can rejoice in the Lord. He wrote this scripture when he was in prison. When he was locked up. And there are many circumstances in which we don't feel we can be happy. 
but we can always rejoice in the Lord and delight in him. And Paul was an excellent example of somebody who had inner joy when the external circumstances were against him. He also wrote this in 1 Thessalonians 5.16, that you rejoice always. Not when you feel like it. You, you got to rejoice. Oh, this is actually a discipline as well. You might not feel that same feeling of joy well up within you that the presence of God can do. But it's still a discipline in our lives. I'm going to rejoice anyway. Didn't want things to go like this. I, this is not my ideal situation, but I'm going to be obedient to what the Word of God says, and I'm going to rejoice in the Lord. Joy is an attitude that God's people can adopt, not because of their circumstances, but because of God's love and His promise. The joy of God's children is not determined by their lack of struggles, but by their future destiny. We know how the story ends. When you believe Jesus' love has suppressed death itself, you can have joy in the darkest of circumstances. And this is why that angel said he was bringing good news of great joy. So we have to choose how to live. Psalm 118, 24 says this, this is the day that the Lord has made. I'll rejoice and be glad in it. Any day that I wake up with breast, breath, wow. <laughs> this is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. It's not about, come on, we're just about to close service. We don't have time to get it back on track. It's not about, it's not, oh, yes, God. It's not about ignoring pain. It's about acknowledging where joy comes from. It's not about not dealing with our pain. It's not about, you know, not grieving. It's not about not mourning. It's about acknowledging where joy comes from. When your joy comes from the right thing, you won't lose it so easily. We often think, if I can get these different things, I want this, I want that, then I'm going to be happy. If I get this car, this house, you know, this job, these kids, then I'll be happy. God says, I've given you everything you need to be full of joy right now. And joy runs throughout the Bible. It's not just like an idea that this angel had. We're kind of trying to stick to it. That God has spoken these things. David had spoken these things. That angel that day spoke these things. Jesus spoke these things. And Paul did as well. The joy is such an important priority in our lives. To live each day as if it were your last. I promise you, if you found out that this week was the last week of your life, but you still had to go through the same routine, because I know a lot of people are like, oh, you know, if it was the last week of my life, I'd go do this and that, all these special things I wanted to do. But what if you just had to stay in your routine and it was the last week of your life? What would change? I think you would enjoy everything so much more. I think you'd take time in that, in that Tim Hortons lineup to just enjoy the world around you. Just take a second 
to breathe. Oh, I think that I think that work, all of a sudden, those little things that annoy you, you start to notice and appreciate things about the people you work with. I think those kids at bedtime that want another cup of water. It's been five cups. I think you might enjoy those moments a little bit more. They're not always gonna be in that house. You're gonna miss them someday. Why wait till your last week? Do it now. You'll enjoy your spouse so much more. You'll enjoy your job so much more. You'll enjoy your kids so much more. Man, we're so busy trying to provide for our kids, we forget to enjoy them. They don't care that you bought a new minivan. They want time with you. You'd enjoy your friends and your family so much more. Man, if you're feeling weak today, the Bible says the joy of the Lord is your strength. If you're feeling weak, you need some joy. You need to rejoice in the Lord. And remember, as we find this solution, we always, always connect it back to God. So as you're finding joy in your children, your spouse, you, you thank God. Thank the source for your joy. Be reminded that God has been watching over you. And in Proverbs 17, 22, it says a joyful heart is good medicine. You gotta take your medicine. A joyful heart is good medicine. Your life can change today. Don't wait. Change your life by changing your attitude. Can we just stand right now? God, thank you for how you've been working in our lives that we haven't even noticed. I just pray for a new strength in the room today. God, the people that were walking in with their head down are gonna walk it out with their head up. They'd be proud of who they are, who you made them to be. God, thank you for your word. Thank you that we are who this word says we are and we have what this word says we have. God, thank you for your words in our life. Thank you, Lord, for how you're working. Thank you for just a, a new sense of joy as we go through this Christmas season together. Hey, if, if you haven't invited the great source of joy, Jesus, into your heart, I'd love to pray with you right here and now today to make a bold, important decision to invite him to be Lord of your life. And our church is gonna pray along with you. But if you wanna pray this prayer with me, I'd encourage you, pray it boldly, pray it, lo pray it loudly together, making this great, important decision. You can just repeat after me. Let's pray together. Our whole church is gonna pray with you. Let's say this, God, I humble myself to you today. I need your forgiveness. Thank you for sending your son, Jesus. I believe he died on the cross and was raised to life for my freedom. Today, I accept your Holy Spirit to dwell within me. My life is yours. I live for you. In Jesus' name, come on, let's give God praise. Amen. Thanks for listening with us today. If you enjoyed it, check out more messages like this at celebrationedmonton.com or on the Celebration Church mobile app. If you'd like to partner with us financially, you can give on our website at celebrationedmonton.com. Come back next week to hear another great message.